consider so, yourself a Beatles or a Rolling Stones guy? <laughs> that's where I was going to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've I've learned, uh, I think, through research, and I don't I don't really I don't really know that much because I only know the Rolling Stones hits. I have a little bit more knowledge of Beatles songs, although I didn't have a grown up showing me either one of these bands. But I've I've learned that it's like an apple and oranges thing, like a Star Wars, Star Trek thing, where they're not actually that similar at all, and they don't really need to be pitted against each other. No, not really. But I'm still a Beatles guy. <laughs> well, yeah, no, you can like something better than another thing, but it's just funny that that became like the, especially when you think about how many, um, like rock bands, especially from that era, from your like, if you think about it. Rock and roll from like 1965 to 1985. You think of all of the the biggest bands. The vast majority of them aren't American. Yeah. The vast majority of them, not maybe not vast majority, but you know, Beatles, England, Stones, England, Zeppelin, England, Queen, England, The Who, England. Like you know, um, I. British invasion. You know, well, we have we have Kiss. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. I said that to uh, know Mike's gonna be like, what? <laughs> um, I mean, ABBA came out. If you watch that documentary, they came out at the same time from the same place, and they sounded way more similar to the Beatles at first before they went disco than the Rolling Stones did. If we're gonna, instead of uh, are you a Beatles or are you a Rolling Stones are fan. You, are you a Stones fan or a ABBA fan? Yeah. I'm a dancing ABBA queen. Swedish. Did I make that up? I guess I oh, did. Oh, wait, not ABBA. Bee Gees. Wow. <laughs> Leave that in. Because that was a uh, name. <laughs> that's fine. I, ABBA, you know. Bee Gees. It's just going up the alphabet. Well, yeah, whatever. It's tomato. <laughs> are you, no, it's the not. Real ABBA and Bee Gees is, are way different. The real question, I guess, is are you a Bee Gees fan or an ABBA fan? That's the real. I would go with Bee Gees over ABBA. Oh, mamma mia. Here we go again. <laughs> I would go with Bee Gees over Rolling Stone. Oh, oh, stop it. Oh. Also, why do you always, if you don't like a, if you don't like a group, you always take the plural off. Run the Jewel, like Rolling Stone. Um, <laughs> wow, that... Okay, so I hate Bee Gees. Like, Dude, you should watch the documentary. It's very interesting, and they actually are an awesome band. And they wrote so many of the music you probably love. Well, so here's so the... Th- I should say, I hate the Bee Gees because I can't stand the vo- vocals. Just you the sound. Can't, stand. <laughs> can't Can't do it. Can't Nailed it. do it. Um, but this episode is not about the BGs. This episode is about the Rolling Stones. Can we change this episode to be about the BGs? Well, I haven't <laughs> done my research, so it'll just be me going with a thumbs down to everything that you say about the BGs, except for maybe the SNL skit with uh, Justin Timberlake and Jimmy Fallon, where they were playing uh, the Gibbs Brothers or whatever. <laughs> that I like. That's my favorite BGs reference. Is that one? Um, but this, so this is an album retrospective of Sticky Fingers from 1971, which is a Rolling Stone album. Rolling, see, now you made me do it. It's a Rolling Stones album. Um, we picked this. This, so this show is a show about sharing our love for music, but it's also 
a show about expanding our our grasp of music and like getting out of our comfort zones and doing episodes on albums that and artists that we don't maybe know as well or know at all or like or etc um after, i don't know that we'll do any nickelback albums or anything like that but um you know after listening to this album i would like this episode or this podcast to currently be only emo hip-hop pop punk no more classic rock I'm just kidding. <laughs> we can't. We can't do that. Uh, and actually, classic rock. That's funny. Was was your idea? I know, um, but no. you knew. But you knew we were going to get there because you knew I have that pedigree from, you know, my I uh, I I know a lot of. I, I'm a pretty big classic rock fan. Um, thanks to my parents and you know, but Rolling Stones was not one of the bands that I listened to because of them. They they didn't really listen to the Stones at all. Um, I know the radio hits. That's what I know. Prior to doing the research for this episode, did you never listen? You haven't listened to this album like fully through before this? Never. Okay. Nope. I no. So what I did when we when we were deciding last week, I was like, okay, there's a lot of classic rock albums that I don't feel like I'm ready to do. Let's do a weird. Let's do a band that that's not in my wheelhouse, um, and so. I literally Googled, like, what's the best Rolling Stones album? And this one was either, like, number one or number two on every list that I looked up. And so that's why I picked this one. That's fair. That's fair. I wish we would have did the one with Paint of Black on it, but... (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's always more. There's always time. We have unlimited uh, episodes here. We We can do as many as we want, so... Cool. So yeah. you want to go track by track on this bad boy? Well, um, I have one more thing. So do you have any personal history with the Rolling Stones? None. Okay. I have. Oh, wait, wait, I do. I do. And I was telling you about it. It's kind of exciting. Back in the day, the only idea I had of the Rolling Stones is my dad actually had the vinyl with the zipper. That's when I was this a kid. I know, but okay. they stopped making that sleeve because it was damaging records i wish i would have had it or something just because i'm sure that that sleeve is worth money but well i'm gonna i'm gonna so uh the thing that i was gonna do before the stat before the track by track is obviously the stat sheet and one of the things i have in the stat sheet is that did you know that that album cover was designed by andy warhol and his art collective okay and the the pair of jeans in the photo the person it's not Mick Jagger who and is actually it? they've never released who it that? was he took several <laughs> apparently they took several photos with several different models and never like released who it was that's got to be annoying to the model like well maybe the model like, knows that could have been on their deathbed on there <laughs> that's my that's my schlong <laughs> on their deathbed Beep. I'm packing that meat I'm packing it <laughs> All right, so the stat sheet. Break it down real quick before we get into the tracks. Uh, I, yeah, we need to we need to think of a, a cool thing for that. Um, so this is the ninth British and eleventh American studio album for the Rolling Stones, and this is back at the, the time where like the track the releases would be different from you know like those Beatles albums where it's like all the red and the blue album or whatever. Like those were released differently in the UK. So yeah. s- something that they used to do. Um, I'm sure you know that I'm saying that for the the folks that listen, the five people that listen. Listeners at home. Um, 
Hey, how many listens are we getting? People are listening, right? Yeah, we got a lot of listens on that AFI uh, episode. <laughs> we don't know well, shit, though. <laughs> we don't know shit. <laughs> that was one of the comments people were. Wondering. To be fair, I said at the beginning of that episode that I had only ever heard Miss Murder. So, but anyway, which isn't even on that album. I know exactly. <laughs> per- yeah. So, um, this album was released in April on April twenty third, nineteen seventy one. Like I said before, it's considered to be one of their best albums. It was their first album to reach number one on both the U.S. album chart and the U.K. chart. Um, it went on to go triple platinum in the United States. And then I, we already talked about the art collective thing. And then this um, this album is actually the first album that was on their own Rolling Stones record label. Um, they had like some legal disputes um, before that, which led that. to them leaving what's their label name rolling stone records that's dumb wow (laughs) original and (laughs) it's actually the first album to feature the rolling the famous rolling stones logo is that the tiger no this is tongue right it's the mouth and tongue yeah yeah any comment (laughs) on that no what do you have to say about that well, I wasn't sure if, if I you, you told me the other day I could tell the story, but I wasn't. Yeah. I just wanted to. <laughs> so just to, to give you guys an idea. So Danny is a person that knows like a ton about music. He's got like a, a wealth of knowledge. It's very broad. He knows a lot of weird stuff. He knows a lot of. But, you know, I think uh, for whatever reason, you just have a little bit of a, a hole in your in your, you know, it's like that planet. It's like Camino and and Attack of the Clones. It was erased from the archive. It's not in the archive. (laughs) So classic rock's not your strong suit. Um, We were on. We were at Navy Pier in Chicago, and there was like a big statue thing of the Rolling Stones logo. And Danny says, "Look, the rock and roll tongue. Let's go take a picture." And I, (laughs) my brain went, "Skirt, the rock and roll tongue." (laughs) Yep. But, yeah, it's it's cool. I'm sure there's a million like uh, well, you'll you'll be able to get your uh, licks in on me, but um, when we do the drive-through records uh, retrospective, because I don't know any of that stuff. So when it comes to like big bands, Rolling Stones and Metallica, I know nothing about at all. I know more songs from Metallica than I do Rolling Stones, but. Do you know the names of any members of the Rolling Stones? Uh, yes. Uh, I only know Mick two. Jagger. Well, I only know two before doing research. Oh, I didn't do the research, but it's that's Mick okay. Jagger, I'm not right? going to list the members. I'm just saying I oh. know them from reading the the stuff. But did I get one right? Mick Jagger's the lead singer. Sweet. Do you uh, know the guitarist is famous? I should know his name. Yep. He was, and it. his mannerisms, I guess, were the were the basis for. Um, Jack Sparrow, this Jack Sparrow character, Captain Jack really? Sparrow. Yep. He actually plays Jack Sparrow's dad in one of those movies, even. Okay. I'll say it, and then as soon as I say it, you go, oh, yeah, duh. Keith Richards. Yeah, I'm going to. Oh, yeah. And who's the Taylor guy? Because I wrote a note. Mick Taylor? Oh, yeah. Mick Taylor. Um, Mick Taylor, this was actually his first uh, full album that he was on. Um, he had just joined the band just before that. Um, and uh, he ended up leaving that, like, in the mid-70s. There were some um, issues with him not getting songwriting credits and some other stuff, too. So, but 
And they called because I, he was also Mick. They called him Little Mick. I have questions, which we'll get into later into this episode, about a band with three guitarists. And can you really hear the three guitarists? But we'll get into that. <laughs> okay. All right. So track by track. So, um, track number one. Is this song sugar. as problematic as I'm interpreting it? <laughs> I would say that it is problematic. Um, and I even I wrote in the notes, I said, let's rip the Band-Aid off right at the start. Um, so I think that Brown Sugar as a song is a catchy song with like a good like bluesy groove. But the lyrics are super problematic. Makes me uncomfortable. I generally skip this song if it comes on. Um, I, I did listen to it for a couple times for this. I mean, it's a song I already knew, although I knew. Granted, knew it for a long time without really knowing what yeah. some of the stuff it says. But, I mean, there's stuff in here about, uh, you know, slavery and rape and drugs. And it's the just... The first verse is fucked the up. The first verse. It's so. like selling someone in New Orleans and the slave driver knows what he's doing at midnight. I'm like... Yep. I mean, I, I, I remember hearing the song a long time ago. And I just thought it was about, you know, being attracted to a black woman. And that's yep. cool. And then listening to this, and I, I, I started this album like three times this week, and I got to Wild Horses each time before I actually sat down and listened to it. And by the third time, I looked at the lyrics, and I hated this song. And I was like, if this is what's on for the next of the, the rest of this record, I'm going to be pissed. Yeah, thankfully, I think this is the only song that is this problematic. The rest of the album is songs where you're like is this about drugs is yeah, this about a good amount of this. um but yeah they were all stoned out of their minds then and they'll tell you that and so this song was written by Mick Jagger it's inspired by the mother of his first child Marsha Hunt who is a black woman so um and to give him the smallest amount of credit he does say he did say in an interview in 1995 that like he like I'm not I'm just going to paraphrase, but he he acknowledges the nastiness of the lyrics of the song, kind of blames it a little bit on like how high they were and and how brash they were in the early 70s and says that he wouldn't write that song today. I mean, that's song today would not survive today. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I, I don't know that that's true because of rap lyrics, especially in the mid 90s. But yeah, but a um, British guy singing this it's definitely today. Yeah, no, no, no. Well, so, and this is, when I say today, I the, that interview yeah. was in 1995. Like, and that's the minimal amount of credit. Like, it, you still wrote a, a song with terrible lyrics. Um, and then they also do change some of those lyrics to make them more palpable uh, when performing the song live. So, and they do perform it live because it was a radio single. Like, it was a single. It, you know. Um, I will say one thing about this song. Okay. It, it, it introduced me to motherfucking Bobby Keys. The saxophone man. He's not even in the band, and he's my favorite thing on this album, and I'm going to point him out in every track that he kills it. Bobby Keys. The horns in this the horns in this album is one of the best things. It's, it's the that. only thing that saved me going through this. Every time I would look up, like, oh, Bobby Keys in this next song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so that's that. Um we moving on away from the yep. trash fire? Yes. Let's move <laughs> away from the song about slavery. Um, the next song, Sway. This is a slower bluesy song. 
feels like there's a country influence, um, which obviously automatically I'm like, hmm, I don't know how I feel about that because, yeah. you know, country music kind of sucks for the most part. There's some good Not stuff. all but... country music. We'll get into that in another episode. <laughs> yeah. I said for the most part. Um... <laughs> oh, it, real quick to interject. We were watching the inauguration and we, me and Ann both just started singing different. Uh, Brooke, what's his name? I'm drawing Garth a Brooks. Yeah, Garth Brooks songs. We're like, we missed some Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks has Garth Brooks has some good songs. I was like, um, you know, it was funny at the inauguration how, you know, um, Jennifer Lopez said "Let's Get Loud," like started singing a little bit of "Let's Get Loud" during the song she was doing. I was like, man, he couldn't have put like. One little verse of Friends in Low Places or Thunder Rolls and that ama- oh, I was amazing for Thunder's Rolls. <laughs> and the well, it's funny because he showed up in boots to their black tie fair, too. Yeah, but so. Bernie showed up in mittens. Oh, let's not make our let's not make No, I'm not Bernie. mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you I don't just, want to be uh, part of that meme. <laughs> no, so it was funny the first a hundred times. Yeah. My favorite one is the ghost one though. I mean, yeah, it's played out. <laughs> it's so played out so fast too. Um, All right, so back to Sway. There's yeah. a good guitar solo on this album or this song. Yeah, although I will say I'm not a huge fan. I'm generally not a huge fan of slide guitar. Really? Yeah, I, like I just I don't. I'm not a big fan of twang. You know, I just I don't know. I I have a and it's it's interesting because I'll pick and choose. Like sometimes I some country stuff I do like, but I just I don't know. I think the more I the more I went through this album, I was like, okay, obviously like they're they're experimenting with a country thing here because this isn't the only song that's like this. But I was, I was, it was like so unexpected. It, it was like jarring to me because I wasn't expecting them to have country esque songs um, on there. Josh is not a fan of Mark Twain. Mark wow, Twain. Wow. <laughs> this is uh, the first time ever that Mick Jagger performs electric guitar on any Rolling Stones album. I think he's generally just a vocalist, but obviously branches out some. Um, And this song is the B-side to Wild Horses, which is the next song on the album. I'll say I thought this song was very boring. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry to Rolling Stone fans out there. Yeah, I left the S off again. (laughs) (laughs) You can get like death threats in the mail. Oh, no. (laughs) That's how you know it'd be old white guys because it's in the mail. <laughs> All right, so song number three, Wild Horses. I didn't realize um, this song was by the Rolling Stones because I know this song very well. But I th- well, I think there are some covers of it, so maybe yeah. You... But I've definitely heard this version, okay. and for some reason, I just didn't put them together. I don't know why. I don't know who I thought this was by. That's I just forgot. Good. It was it's not like it's not your typical. I feel like it's not your typical Rolling Stone song. It's another one of these country influenced uh, country rock songs. Um, it did get to number 28 on the Hot 100. Um, Mick Jagger said that it's about uh, life on the road and not being where you want to be. He actually says that about several songs on this. And I'm I'm like, either you don't like touring that much or you didn't like touring that much during this time in your life or that's your like blanket political answer when it's actually about like being high or like whatever else it might be about i don't i'm not saying that this one is necessarily about that but go ahead 
I thought I read something about this being about a girl, or he wrote it for one of his fans or something like that. I could be wrong, no. Um, I think this is the song where they said that people were saying it was about uh, Marianne, uh, Marianne Faithful, but he was saying it's not. I don't know. That's Yeah, it's who knows. This is the typical classic rock song that I'll never go out and search for, but if I'm driving and it comes on the radio, I'll listen to it. Okay. Like, I won't change a station, but it's not one I'm like, man, I really feel like listening to some Wild Horses today. No. My my go-to Rolling Stones song is Sympathy for the Devil. Paint it black over here. Love that song. Um, I did. There was a line in this song um, that... I liked it said let's they say he says let's do some living after after we die. Yeah. I just like I just like the line. <laughs> Not for any just it sounds cool. So um yeah. A little too slow, a little too twangy for me. Not one of my not one of my favorites, but me not terrible. Not terrible. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. Yeah. All right, guys. All right. Next song is Can't You Hear Me Knocking? And this song I really like. Um, and this song I like you. You said you didn't know it was the Stones uh, the, for the last song. This song I think I've only ever heard, or the only thing that ever actually stuck in my memory was the chorus. That can you hear me knocking? Like that part, just yeah. that. And so the song's starting. He hasn't started singing yet, and it's like playing whatever. And then you hear them play that riff that's the same as the vocal melody, and I'm like. Oh, I know this song. I didn't know it was like I had that like immediately knew what song it was, but yeah. didn't know it's a stone song. Um, but yeah, I I that and that's this is uh, I, I love that part of the chorus and I love the horns and the organ on this song. Bobby Keys in this song, killing it. Jagger said that like the he did the vocal harmonies like on the on the chorus because he had a hard time hitting some of those notes and he was trying to hide that. So that's kind of interesting. Um, My opinion on this song, it was fine at first, but it's a seven minute song and I hate it. Yeah. I'm not a huge <laughs> fan of jam sessions. At seven um, minutes. Bobby keys was the only thing on it that kept me into it. Well, and, and the, this is also one where I wanted to be like, there's three guitarists. I feel like I can hear one prominent guitar and maybe a backing guitar like well, I, I feel like i'm used to metal bands where there's guitarists and everyone you can hear so many different solos going on or different parts going on but in this album i feel like you hear one very strong guitar and then maybe a backing guitar and there's three guitarists oh i know mick jagger's not fully I, but... say, I think mick jagger only plays guitar on like one or two songs though uh, okay so yeah you you have your basic like lead and rhythm for everything else um, and I think on this one, like the so like I think they both literally Keith and Mick both Mick Taylor both play a solo on this song. Um, so at different parts. They did say that the jam session wasn't planned, that they were just like they had finished the song and they were still playing and they didn't realize they were still rolling. And then they just ended up keeping it because they liked it. Okay. So that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, this is uh, this is one of the better songs in the album for me. I, I, I do agree with you that I don't love how long it is, and I don't love the jam session as much. Like I like it, but it's a little bit too long, I think. And but I do, I think the, the part of the song with vocals, I do, I do like. 
Um, I have no idea what the song's about, but and I that's a theme with a lot of these songs. Like I'm not exactly sure what's going on. Um, and maybe that's two I know that are very. I'm like that's about drugs. Like I know. Yes, this is true. (laughs) (laughs) Sister Morphine. It's in the title. Like (laughs) Sister Morphine and Moonlight Mile, both very much about drugs. (laughs) But we'll get to those. Yep. Um, yeah, so that's, uh, that's track number four. That was also, I think, a hit song of sorts. I'm, I'm basing that on the fact I'm pretty that pretty sure it. that's, that's a single. I don't know. Yeah. It didn't say anything about, I didn't see anything about it being a single, but, um, I think it, it definitely got airplay even if it wasn't. So, um, number five, you gotta move. This was my favorite track on the album. I'll be honest. It's a bluesy style song, but I mean, I I think that's what I was more drawn to. Like looking back on this album, the bluesy album or bluesy songs were probably some of my favorites. Not necessarily the country twang, but the bluesy style. Yeah. Well, and you know, this this song is actually a cover. Oh, now I hate them even more. Okay. (laughs) This. So, yeah, you got to move is a cover. It's an old gospel song. There's several different renditions of it because, you know, like back in the day, like back in the 40s and 50s, you would have like lots of different people doing songs like the same song. Um, And I'm going to pull this up for you. But so this version of the song is, I think, is directly based on uh, You Gotta Move by Mississippi Fred McDowell, who um, did a version of this song in 1965. I'm going to play you a clip I mean, of that. It doesn't make a good case for this album that my favorite song is a cover, but we'll see. I want to hear it, though. Let's hear it. Yeah. Come on, play it, Josh. You got to move, you got to move, you got to move, child, you got to move. So, old school. I like Mississippi Fred McDowell's way way better. Well, and I think <laughs> that, like, he's definitely, what's his name, uh, Mick Jagger is definitely, like, doing, like, singing differently, so, like, trying to sing like that. And I'm always like, what's the line on cultural appropriation there? But like, I think that they're doing it, especially hearing all the other blues and soul influences in this album. Um, like, I think they're doing it in deference. And I did see um, online that uh, Fred McDowell, like, or yeah, Fred McDowell, like, liked the cover. Oh, um, that's good. So I couldn't find a citation for that, but I did see it in more than one place. So that's... Um, I guess I can't be cranky about it if the guy that wrote the song wasn't cranky about it. So yeah, um, yeah, and it, it it explains why that song is like so different too. That it's you know covered, that's, so. I, that's funny. I did not know that, and that makes total sense. But yeah, it's really good. Um. Okay. So the next song, bitch. Okay. This is a cover of the song by. Oh damn it! I was gonna make a joke, and now I can't remember. The Meredith her name. Brooks. Yeah, Meredith Brooks. It? Yeah, no, it's not. 
obviously that song came out way later. Let me let me just say though, damn Bobby Keys. Okay, the, yeah. So the, the horn, horns on this song. <laughs> yeah, I, I, my my notes say this song has a great riff. It's really it's like super. It's totally a Motown song. Love the horns. Um, this is the B side to Brown Sugar. Um, I'm not really oh. sure about like if the lyrics are I'm not sure. Like I don't even remember the lyrics. All my notes are about the brass. Like I didn't write fine. anything down, so I don't even know what they sang in this song. Yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not super I'm not super sure. I'm a little shell shocked after Brown Sugar, so I'm like I'm not I'm not sure, <laughs> but I I did want to show you something. So, you know, when I say that it's uh like Motown this is I was like trying to figure out I was like what is it what does it feel like to me now do you do you have the like the horns in your head I mean oh, I didn't yeah. listen to the song today no but okay okay so let me play I'll play like a second of that okay a bitch yeah They go forward to the Oh yeah. So you know what it makes me think of? What? This. Yeah, this Little temptations for your ass. <laughs> What'd you say? I didn't hear the last thing you said. said for your ass. <laughs> that made me like it even more because I love Motown and it, it, like it's a total. Uh, I'm not. I'm not trying to make any claims about them like stealing something, but I, you definitely feel the influence. And I and I, um, this is actually probably like at least musically, the instrumentation, my favorite song on the album. Yeah. And the horns, yes. You said it. We've already said it several times. The horns on this, so good. So. <laughs> uh, All right. Number seven, I Got the Blues. I mean, it was another good blues song. Pretty straightforward. It's not, yeah, it's not, a, it's not, a, I don't love this one as much as, uh, what was it, You Gotta Move, the blues yeah. style. It, what, but it, did the, was this one actually written by them? By Rolling Stones. Um, yeah, I think so. And again, we got Bobby Keys just like killing it on the sax. Saxophone. Yeah, this is. I will say that their blues, like soul influence, um, and that that sound that they have, it's the one thing that I that I'm taking away from like doing the research for this show that makes me want to like dive into their music more. Like this this stuff, the stuff that has this Motown blues soul like inspiration this stuff is good i want more of this but i don't know yeah. like it could be because i don't know the band that well it could be like these country songs where it was just like a phase or it could be something that's like present throughout I'm not sure so we'll have to do more at rolling stones episodes to find out uh, someday <laughs> um track eight i like this track yeah sister morphine um, and this was written um, by Mick 
uh, Keith and Marianne Faithful, and she actually put out. So she was um, she was romantically involved with Mick in the late sixties. Um, I don't think it ended very well, and um, she went on to have um, like a pretty serious heroin addiction. Um, and that, I mean, not surprising that she wrote this song, um, because it's about drugs. Um, it's pretty trippy. Um, and I actually, I don't like slide guitar. I like the way they used it. I like the way they used it on this track. This was a guest, Ry Cooter, who did slide guitar. And I wrote a note like, wow, I really like every guest they have on this album. (laughs) Like all these other musicians they brought in. Because I think the slide guitar on this uh, this song is really good. Yeah, it's yeah, and it's it's just totally a you know total total trippy song about drugs, you know, cousin it's, cocaine, sister morphine. Yeah, it was delivered <laughs> well, and I really think actually I was impressed with Mick Jagger's singing on this one too. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing to say. It was good. It was a good song. Yeah, good song. <laughs> All right, number nine, Dead Flowers. This song sounds like an Eagles song to me. Does it? Yeah. Like low-key country rock might be my least favorite song on the album. I think it's forgettable, and I think it's because Sister Morphine's so good, and this one is not anything to write home about, not to be mean. Yeah. Because I, I, I wrote in my notes, like, I've listened to this album a few times this week, and I keep forgetting this song every time like i wrote that to remind myself to put notes in for the song and i still didn't um yeah and i, Wasn't this I one don't of the like, singles um i was actually just pulling it up to see i don't um i don't think so no oh, okay doesn't yeah it doesn't look like it like i said the uh stuff that i was looking up was kind of sparse or all the songs on the album have their own Wikipedia article, but they're all kind of sparse. I got really excited when I saw they all had their own article, and then, um, yeah. So, but um, the other thing that I wrote about this is I I really don't like the country twang that he puts on his voice. Oh, that like might the way be. That he sings it. Yeah. Well, don't like it. Although I I did have a you know I was saying when I was looking up the lyrics there were people writing like contributions like little comments and stuff and s- someone wrote something that really made me laugh they said this might be the first goth country song because it is a very like pessimistic like dark song yeah oh so. now I, now it makes me want to hear it again no I don't <laughs> no I don't <laughs> final track final Life track mile yep I think the lyrics secretly and not secretly at times dealing with coke are pretty great on this track um another great guest star track because you have amazing strings by i guess paul buckmaster and piano and trumpet by jim price this song sounds full like it sounds like a big deal i really do like this one i don't (laughs) it's so this is so mick has denied that this is about drugs and said that it's about being lonely on the road like I said before, I think that might be his political answer for because um, they do say something about your head filled with snow. And I was like, aha, that's yeah, the first like couple song lyrics. Um, but yes, yeah, it's, it's a slow it's a slow song. I didn't really connect with it. And and then I wrote this actually might be my least favorite, not dead flowers. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I, I feel 
Yeah. Do you feel justified because this was the best Rolling Stones album from what you read? Do you agree with that? I mean, you haven't listened to it a lot, I guess, but I yeah, I, I really couldn't make that t- determination. Um, and I would just say, based on like the singles that I know, like Brown Sugar, even before I knew what it was about, like it was fine. It, it wasn't one of my. It wasn't like one of my favorites. Um, so. Yeah, I'd have to I'd have to look. I'd have to pull up like their greatest hits maybe and see like okay, what songs are from what albums on that and then maybe use that to to, to listen to more albums to see. <laughs> but this album was not what I expected. The cover gave me this like Motley Crue feeling <laughs> and like Brown Sugar was offensive and angry and up tempo and I just didn't like it. But I liked a good a portion a good portion of the last half of the album. The B side. <laughs> yeah, I might. So I I wasn't aware of how much blues influence they have. And I know I've said that. And that I do like. And that once makes me want to dive deeper into their discography to see what I can find. Um, I'm definitely more interested in like their musicianship and that sort of stuff on the songs and not really the lyrics. I don't really identify with like songs about drugs or songs about um you know life on the road it doesn't kind of it doesn't really hit me especially the drug stuff um i'm okay with like a rap song being about weed but like i just anything beyond that doesn't really resonate with the former straight edge kid uh and um it's hard for me too because the lyrical content i i'm not it's not real direct and i'm not exactly sure what he's talking about and i'm not really sure that mick knew what he was talking about either like reading about how high they were all the time so who knows um you know what i did wrong what'd you do wrong i listened to this album so many times this week now once was i high when i listened to it (laughs) now once like Should we give you that did. homework that you listen to it high <laughs> once and then report back next week? Like, oh my God, any different findings? <laughs> um, and I, I will say that I, I, the one thing I did learn from this, the one other thing I did learn from this is uh, upbeat Rolling Stone songs might be for me. Like, I like those. Down tempo, slow Rolling those Stone songs, me. probably not for me. I, I like the bluesy stuff and I do not like their singles or poppy brown sugar songs. <laughs> well, I'm not counting brown sugar. I'm talking about bitch and can you hear me knocking? Those are my two favorites. I do like, I do like the slow bluesy songs, but a lot of the slows, several of the slow songs on here were those twangy country songs. So that didn't help. Yeah. Um, you know, if I want to listen to the Eagles, I'll just pop in the Eagles, you know, hotel, California. <laughs> <laughs> um, my yeah, final know. statement on this: Rolling Stones, still not a fan. They're fine, I guess, but I'm not. Like I love the Beatles, but I'm not going to go out of my way to like jump into a Rolling Stones album unless you make me again. <laughs> it might be a while. We're you know we're trying to diversify on here, so yeah. Any yeah. other thoughts on it? I know I kind of already went through my final thoughts. I'm. I'm interested to give to like to look more into what they have, but it's not something I'm like running off to do. Like, you know, it might be something I revisit later. Yeah. All right, let's do some. I feel like we need out. some sort of rating system, but I don't. Should even we? Want to you want to? St- we can start rating them. One out of five. 
Or okay. one out of ten? What do you want to do? Ten or five? Let's just do five. Five? Okay. I'm going to give it a one star. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yay. No, I'll give, I'll give it, it a two. Because Bobby Keys. I mean, those stars are only because of Bobby Keys. <laughs> I'm going to give it. Yeah, I'll give it a two and a half based off of musicianship alone. Like, I feel like that part of the album is good. Even even, even the songs I don't like, like the 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 song structure and stuff and the instrumentation is good, even on the songs I don't like. Yeah. Like, I feel like, perfect example, like, completely rewrite the r- lyrics to Brown Sugar might be my favorite song, but depending on what you write. Like, because I think the, the song is good. Like, the musicianship is good. Bitch, is, bitch will always be my favorite, but that might just be because it sounds like a Temptation song, too. And the horns. The horns, man. Ugh. <laughs> well, so that's uh, that's our album retrospective on Rolling Stone's 1971 album, Sticky Fingers. Listen, classic rock dudes and ladies, I'm sorry if you didn't like my rating, but it's just not for me. <laughs> It's okay when when we do we're gonna do more classic rock albums and I'm gonna br- I'm gonna bring on friends who also like cr- classic rock and we're gonna gang up on you and it's gonna be hilarious. But not I'm really. not too worried because you want to do like Queen albums. I'm hundred percent on no, board with Queen. Yeah, there's there's stuff that you like and we'll definitely be doing some Beatles stuff and not really anything's off the table for the most yeah. part. When I was thinking about it, um, I want to do David Bowie's first album. And yeah. not the one with like ground control. Before that, he made an album, and it's really weird and not very good. And I love David Bowie, but I kind of want to do the really weird, really off the wall David Bowie. And then like he took a year off, and he came back, and he made you know the hits. I wonder what happened to him. Was he abduct, 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 abducted? Maybe he sold his soul to the devil. Maybe because he churned out the hits like nothing after that. Well, for if if you can do it for my benefit. Let's, if we're gonna do that eventually, can let's do a popular David Bowie album first, so I can get in the pocket with it, and okay. then, um, and then we can go from there. But yeah, I'm totally into right, that. No, and I know you love Bowie, so. All right, D- Danny, do you have anything for weekly rewind? I do. I have a few handful ones. I have one. I think you want to probably say. Yeah, don't say that my one because I only have one. <laughs> okay. Uh, first off, there's a song called uh, "Baby" St- or no, it's the song's called "Club Sabbath" by Baby Strange. They weird name, but they sound like a mix of like the Faint and Franz Ferdinand, and I'm really digging like the dancey indie vibe going on there. Um, Bad Religion released a like a B side this week, "Emancipation of the Mind," and it sounds like older like process that. of belief. Yeah, that was a good song. Uh, a fun song by Flux Pavilion, twenty twenty five. It's like a dancey indie pop song. I'm really into dancey indie right now. Uh, Black Pumas put out a remix of Colors with like a hypnotic brass ensemble. Ooh, okay. And it's I love that song uh-huh. to begin with, but like the brass just brings it like. Mm. The song I'm most excited about, and it's not your song. I'm pretty sure. Weezer dropped a single because their album's coming out next week for all my favorite songs. And I'm 
I'm living for it. Like they used all like instruments in the studio, like musicians, not like digital, nothing digital. And it sounds really good. And like, I haven't been excited, but this excited for a Weezer album. And since like, I don't know the green album. What's um, what's the name of the song? All my favorite songs. Oh, you said, okay. You should just play the intro right now so you can hear it. Well, I was trying to find it. It's not like, um, oh, there it is. Huh. Like, Weezer hasn't put anything I cared, cared about in a long time. When people were, like, shitting their pants about the Africa cover, and I was like, I'd rather just listen to the original. Yeah. (laughs) I do have one what the fuck, too. Um, I want you to do your what the fuck before I do mine, and you'll know why once we get there. Okay, I want so you to do your the... what the fuck before I do. And do you want me to play a piece of Weezer? Oh yeah, play the intro so you can just hear the. It does have that Beatles vibe too. Yeah. I'm not sold yet. Hold on. All my favorite songs are slow and sad. All my favorite people make me mad. Everything that feels so good is bad, bad, bad. All my favorite songs are don't slow and sad. Don't shut it off yet. I don't know what's wrong with me. Ooh. All right, you can get <laughs> Okay, maybe. Well, I think I saw I saw that on Spotify and I just didn't even listen to because it was like Weezer. Bleh. So they're putting out two albums this year and the other one's called Weezer Van, ha- Van Halen or something like that. It's basically like supposed to be like their super rock heavy song or album. Well, and I, th- I think that that was supposed to come out before and I think they yeah. delayed it because of COVID. It got delayed to like, I think, the summer. But then they're dropping this surprise album that's all like you know, natural instruments in a studio and it's very like very Beatlesy, very hippie indie. Hmm. And I, I I'm down for both right now. So Okay. And well the, I d I don't I didn't hate what I heard. So I'll listen to the rest of it later. Hmm. Um my what the fuck and this is the last time I'll mention them because I feel like if a band's been on it twice then they shouldn't qualify anymore for me even to listen to. <laughs> I wasn't a huge fan to begin with, but the new 303 song, and the only reason I watched it was because Alternative Press put a little thing out that's like, for all your old emo hearts, this will bring you back. And I was like, all right, I'll give it a try. It's terrible. It is the worst chorus and cheese. It's so bad. And that's all I just wanted to say. And I'm I'm done because the last single they dropped, I said I hated too. So I'm not even going to click on another 303 song. <laughs> Yeah, I listened to a little bit of it and clicked it off pretty quickly when I was looking for songs. It was bad. Yeah. So, um, my... Wait. They start the song off by quoting... uh, Oh my god, what am I drawing? Today was a bad day. Like, you can't start your song talking about a hip-hop song and then quoting that song and then going into your song... I don't know. Yeah. You can in some senses, but they, not the way they did. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it works. Like there's that there's that dollar bill, dollar bill oh, y'all yeah. song where they, <laughs> you know, the, but it's the chorus. 
and they made it work, you know. So, um, okay, so my uh, weekly rewind song is Dying to Know by Justin Courtney Pierre from Motion City Soundtrack. So he's got a solo EP coming out um, in March, and so he dropped his first track uh, for that. And he did you see the thing that he wrote like about how he like hurt his back and has been like immobile for most of the year and like I did not. didn't it was gonna be a full length but he didn't finish it but then like his team was like well no just let's put it out like because you know why you know why, what makes me mad about the song what's that that it sounds like something off panic stations and they should and they should have just made a new mo- my ah motion city album <laughs> they were already touring together they're friends again. Come on. Yeah, well, guys. they were never not friends. And it, it, they did oh, yeah. an interview this year where they were saying that, you know, um, it finally felt good and, um, you know, that they might, they're not like ruling out making music. So that's, that's good. Um, I really like you it. It does sound like, like it's off, it sounds like yeah. it's off panic stations. It, it actually reminds me of It's a Pleasure to Meet You. Yes. And it just, I like Justin's solo stuff. But this song sounds like the full band is there. Like, it's like, what is missing that's not yeah. Motion City right here? Although I mean, the only... So I know Josh uh, did guitars on his last solo album. And at yeah. the, I was like, come on. <laughs> you're don't almost make there. A, don't make a solo album with part of your band. If you're, you know. And then, so Tony played drums on this, I'm pretty sure. So I could tell Tony's an amazing drummer. Yeah. He's also really fun to follow on Twitter. He uh, liked one of my posts. I responded to something he tweeted last night. And he liked it. I've made it. I made it, guys. Um, <laughs> no, he's not. He's he interacts. He's interacted with Tab too. He's he's a nice guy. Um, so my what the fuck song is "Dying to Know" by Justin Pierre from Motion City Soundtrack for two reasons. The same one you said. I'm like, oh, just get back together. Yeah. And also, and this was true on his last album, too. And I know that you'll probably say he's an artist. But it's like, what's with all these under two minute songs, man? Just write another verse. Like, what? Why? (laughs) This song's like a minute and 40. Yeah, it's really short. And I threw it on and didn't. I threw it on and wasn't looking like when it first came out, I threw it on and wasn't looking at it. And then when it ended, I was like, what the hell? (laughs) (laughs) It's over. It's good. I just want it to be longer. I just want more content. So hopefully, hopefully the EP is not like full of short songs. Hopefully there's some full length songs on there. The EP is going to last a total of seven minutes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We could be there. No, it's good. I just, I was. That's more of a joke. I, 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 I don't, I don't love it that they're shorter, but it's fine. I mean, it doesn't make the song bad. I just want more. Just like those Blink One Eight, like Blink One Eight Two's gotten that that thing now where they're like, oh, we're gonna put these songs on here that are really short, and it bums me out with them specifically because some of those like super short songs, like Generational Divide, and um, there's another one. They're like, that's the best song on the album. And yeah. then you didn't, it's like you didn't finish it. Like that's, it could have been so much better if it was like a full, if it was like, I guess that is a, like who says what a full song is, but like felt like a full song, you know, I'm trying to remember what the other one was. It was like, there's one on California 
it's like it's i think it's the first track and it's real it's real short but it's like wow like it hits you real hard and then i was so bummed because it was i was like oh no the short song is my favorite song (laughs) i'm looking it up cynical yeah it's so good (laughs) i got a question for you yeah how do you feel about about the digital concerts now that COVID's happening? Have you done one yet? Yeah, uh, we did one. Um, the Wonder Years did one, and we watched that. Uh, not it was in was it in June, maybe. Did it feel worth it? Um, I didn't love You'd it. Be honest. It's okay. not you're not there. You know, I I appreciate the effort. I like that they're doing something. <laughs> Um, and I also understand it because like ba- a lot of the bands that we listen to, especially in like that scene, they're making all their money at like mo- the vast majority of their money on tours and ticket sales and merch at, you know, so you cut that out. And what are these guys doing? You know, guys and gals doing. Um, I was so. debating next Friday. Jimmy World is playing the Futures album, which is my favorite uh-huh. Jimmy World album. And I was like, I just can't bite the bullet on buying a ticket to an online event like that. Like, I'd much rather give them money by just ordering a shirt or something off their website. Yeah. I want to see them live. I feel like it's a tease. (laughs) I don't want to see them play live. I could watch that on YouTube. I will say the cool thing that comes out of it, and I I don't think they're all doing this, but, like, Amber Lynn did some live concerts, and they were doing, like, here's blueprints for the black market in its entirety and yeah not only did they do that but then they also were like released the like live playing but studio quality tracks on spotify like as an album and those are like sweet because you're 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 like getting this studio quality music that also has like that live energy too to to at least to an extent um which i really like it's kind of like when you know when um Real Big Fish had to re-record all their tracks for their yes. greatest hits album, and they all sounded way better because, you know, just the passage of time and uh, the energy was was better. So, well, that makes me interested. So, like, the starting line did the same thing where they did three albums, and you could pay for it, and also you can buy the vinyl of the albums that they played, like the recording. Oh, cool. And I'm I'm wondering. Because I would love to get based on a true story or say it like you mean it's on vinyl, but those are out of prints and very expensive to find. So, uh, but you could get these. So if they sound good, because they just or just wait for the next anniversary and then they'll be out again. Yeah, that's true. Like Field by Ramen is doing. Um, they're doing another <laughs> repressing of um, Almost Home. The Academy is, and it's um, really yeah, and it's silver vinyl because it's twenty five years. They're doing a couple. They're doing that, and they're doing fun, I think, too. And I think they're going to do more, but those are the first two they've announced. They might already be sold out. I don't know. I'm hoping next year, because they're still for... I doubt it, but Boxcar Racer would be 20 years, that yeah. album. So that'd be cool if they did a tour, because I know Tom you and Travis still talk, uh, but that would be... Oh, man. <laughs> All right. I miss live shows, and I've been craving it more and more lately that's why i was even debating the jimmy world one like i want to support them but i'll probably just buy a sweatshirt or something yeah yeah i i um that's the only one we did we i think we almost did because aquabats have done like two or three also the things at two in the afternoon that's weird 
or it's it might be earlier or a little later, but it's not like I'm used to going to a show at nine o'clock, you know? Yeah. Or eight o'clock. It's huh. weird. Did you uh did you get any new records this week? I did. I've been buying records every week, so I've been that's kind of a intense. I got Oasis, What's the Story, Morning Glory, <laughs> but it's the double one. Uh Bring Me the Horizon EP that was on my greatest last year finally came out. Right. And Say Anything is a Real Boy, and it has was a real boy too on it. Oh. Why is oh your backgrounds. I know I you know I, I know what it looks like. I have very um clear memories of an unclear time of you like singing along to that album in your apartment. Um with like when I was I was there like uh just you being the whole wild, album is just twenty year, year old Danny. Max that was Venus like um, your first uh your first apartment above Mandy's not the second one. Oh, my single bedroom one. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. That was the the, the time that you guys dogpiled me, and Zach was like, "Get off me!" He's like, I was laughing so hard, I was like shaking his whole body. Do you remember that? <laughs> yes. Oh, ah, memories. Good times. Um, I uh, I bought a record on eBay this week. I know. Why don't you tell us about it? <laughs> <laughs> I paid just as much for shipping as I did for the album itself. How much was that? Uh, it's the undisclosed amount. I want to know how much shipping is from all the way. Oh, it was, it was 30 bucks. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so the album um, was normal price then, for the most part. Well, so the album was actually like normal price. Um, and then it's also signed by the artist. So, um, yeah. So I, I don't know if you guys remember, listeners, uh, last week I had said that I was, um, you know, retroactively <laughs> putting Mel Melanie C's uh, solo album on my best of the year. And uh, I was looking, and that's actually the only album she's ever put on vinyl, and it's the new album. And so then I was looking, and I saw, you know, you can get the, you can get it, like, in regular, like, black vinyl, or you can get this, like, three-album thing with clear vinyl, it's like the album and then like the singles are it's all together. That's like way too expensive. It's like over a hundred dollars. And then you had to also pay the shipping. And then I saw that she did this thing when it first came out when it was it was like there's a there's a blue vinyl and a violet vinyl. And they made like a bunch of them, but she only signed a hundred of each. And so then I was like looking and I was like, Oh, that's not that expensive. I'll bid on that. And then I um yeah, I want it. So I have a Melanie C solo album, uh, self-titled, uh, coming in the mail, the Royal Post. Uh, it's signed. It's blue. There's only a hundred of them, so you get Very it. And cool. It's like Baby Spice. You're like, God damn, <laughs> they tricked me. I actually, you know how sometimes you you shit you order something, and like it has to go one place before it goes another place to you, and yeah. so like I gotta like. While I was out walking this morning, I got like a eBay UK like your uh, order has been delivered, and I was like, "There's no way! I just ordered it. There's no way, like, there's no." And then it it had just been delivered to like another place in the UK, like to before it comes to the states. So, when you order something from the UK, how does the conversion go? Um, I think they just it's just like automated. Like, oh, in, it's on, on eBay. On, on eBay, they 
like they literally tell you it costs like 22 great British pounds. And then like in parentheses right underneath it, it'll say like approximately 33 American dollars, you know, like so. I want to get the Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's album. They're mm-hmm. like famous one. And in America, it's like anyone selling it on Discogs, it's over a hundred dollars. Yeah. But in the UK, because there was more pressings over there, they're not terribly expensive. And I'm like, I don't know how to do this, but I would love to buy something from you, UK. <laughs> well, uh, honestly, it's not it's not hard. You generally any anywhere that you buy it, as long as you're not like buying it directly from the person, like you're buying it through eBay, you're buying it through Discogs, whatever, like it automatically converts that for you. So like you put your credit card in and it just pays the amount. It like knows. So I mean with shipping it's still gonna be expensive, so I'm gonna yeah, no, wait to totally. pull the trigger on it. But god, I love that album. Like I used to get a streaming service from Japan, um, a wrestling one, and it it's like charging my PayPal like nine hundred and ninety nine yen. And then it just automatically converts it. It's like ten bucks or whatever. So nice. Yeah. All right, we got anything else for this bad boy? We should wrap it up. No, that's I think that's it. We're we've uh We've we're way far away from uh, sticky stones. fingers at this point. Yeah. So stinky cool. fingers, more like it. <laughs> Got them roasted. They're like ninety. What are they going to do with their Got millions em. of dollars? I always heard a thing that they did their first farewell farewell tour in nineteen eighty two, and they're still really? touring. Yeah, they are old. They are very I, old. I'm proud of them for lasting with how much drugs they did <laughs> well i think at this point they've just like they've they're they're they've built up their immune system so hard by doing all like they did just the right amount that it like didn't kill them but it just like fortified their bodies like the perfect amount of drugs yeah <laughs> they've hit they peak found, they found it the, <laughs> the golden the grail of life is actually a certain amount of, of coke all right. With that, that we, will, we, will, uh, we will end this one. Uh, we have not decided what we're doing next week yet, so we're not going to announce it here, but it'll be, I'm sure you'll, you guys will love it. It's going to be great, guys. Bye. Cool. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Beside Ourselves. Beside Ourselves is written and recorded by Danny Lowens and Josh Schramm. Beside Ourselves is available on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. If you like the show, please be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. You can follow and interact with us on Instagram and Twitter at B underscore SidePod. If you have an album or music topic you want us to cover on a future episode, be sure to slide into those DMs and let us know. The intro music for today's show is by Former Critics. Check them out at formercritics.bandcamp.com. <laughs>